Hello and welcome to a very special third anniversary celebratory special podcast from us here at Riot Act, the alternative music part, uh, music podcast, I should say, I've already <laughs> fucked up, brilliant. I am the incredible, incredible, incredible general, Stephen Hill. I'm joined as ever by a man, what a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Yes, he is. It's Renfrey Deadman. Renfrey, how are you, my friend? I'm really, really well. I just swallowed a fly just prior to us starting to wow. record but oh, now i feel <laughs> but now i feel so much better after that 90s not pop uh 90s intro that was fantastic thanks very much mate you got to do a spider and then end up like <coughs> eating a fucking horse or some bullshit whatever it seems unlikely that that actually happened but anyway also you might have heard another know, voice shop at tesco I, Sorry, as ever. That was too late. That was far too oh, late. Yeah, for that joke. I know. Yeah. Really? Like, we've got I'm, four people I'm on the line. not the comedian. We've got two, com- two comedians on now. Yeah, sorry. We are. We're joined by a pair of chaps, in my mind, but very much the Chakademus and Pliers of the podcast world. Uh, Dave Fenton and Krista Gear from the Pop Collaborate and Listen podcast, which is, I have to say, gents, thanks for coming on, firstly. Secondly, you, over the last year, have genuinely become. My favourite podcast, I think. I think you genuinely oh, are. Dude, thank you so much. My actual favourite I mean, podcast. You must listen to very few podcasts. <laughs> all I can fucking just, just, just my own voice and yours, basically. <laughs> just, just me swearing and talking about shit records. But no, thank you for having us on, man. Thank you for having us on. We're, we're, I think it's the first time we've been invited on anything. And probably after oh, this, okay. the last, I would imagine. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good to be here, man. Thank you so much for having us. Well, it's lovely to have you guys. Um, just very, very quickly, for people who are listening who aren't aware of your podcast, do you want to give them the kind of elevator pitch, I believe they call it in the business world? Yeah, all right. Okay, so basically, we're 90s kids. Like we, uh, I mean, we're not fucking kids now. We're, we're old men. But we kind of grew up through that 90s era. Like Krista was a DJ. I was involved in bands and music and all of those things. And we were in a, you know, kind of all of the cool shit that was coming out. We were into the, you know, the grunge stuff that came out. We were into like drum and bass and hip hop. And we were involved in a lot of different scenes. So what we weren't mm-hmm. necessarily paying any attention to was the pop music of the time, the stuff that we were dismissing of dismissive of should i say and so we just had this idea that what we were going to do is go week by week every week through the 90s find out what was number one in the mainstream chart and just basically take that album apart in catastrophically minute detail um and <laughs> basically that's what we've been doing so yes yeah, week on week we review the number one album of the week we talk about it some of them we like some of them we very much do not we've listened to a lot of fucking terrible shit um but yeah, that's it really. It's just two fucking white men nerding out about music. What what, what a real fucking left field idea for a podcast. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's basically that's what we do, but we do it with music that comes out now really. So it's not really as good because the 90s is better. I have to say though, you say slagging uh, like pop music off. Christy, you like Michael Bohr more, more than you like Mr. Bungle, you absolute I absolutely, out. yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's just pure fact. If you put them together, who's got better tunes? It's got Mr. to be Bungle. ball. It's ball Mr. all Bungle. the way. My God. No, I, I have issues with Mr. Bongo. It's, it's the main thing we're going to take from house. that, I think. Yeah. Oh, Krista. I think it's um, Dave, Dave just said that we kind of were ignoring the pop charts at the time. And we were because we were more into what was going on in, in the kind of the grunge scene or whatever. But at, at heart, both of us love a pop tune, as we're going to find out in this podcast, because... 
what we're talking about is pure pop a lot of the time and so we are big fans of that it's not like we're doing it ironically or anything like that we genuinely love a load of this stuff you know i think that really comes across actually you can tell that you both have a really good ear for melody and sometimes when you're going through especially when you're going through the singles and stuff like that what was in um the charts this week in 1991 or two or three sure. or whatever um there's definitely ones that you point out where it's just like, well, this is just a brilliant melody. Like, why wouldn't I like it kind of thing? Which um, exactly. is good exactly. to and sometimes, yeah. I think, I, I, you know, we're probably a bit more sniffy at the time, but as you get older and you exactly. just don't care anymore, you do just go, well, there's nothing wrong with liking something like this. It's a great tune. Exactly. Mm. I actually first discovered you guys, um, we have a classic album section of uh, Riot Act that we do. Um, and uh, the very first one I ever did was on Use Your Illusion 2 by Guns nice. N' Roses. So I just did a right. little search in podcasts and your episode came up and initially, like, I didn't like you at all, Krista, because you really don't like that record. <laughs> and, <Not> and, particularly. <laughs> and I and I love that album so much. It's, it, it, it's so important to me because it's the album that got me into music, basically. Well, so, oh, fair play, right. So it is like pretty much the single most important record in my life but um so you were entirely on dave's side for that one he's a huge fan okay fair fair enough um but then i continue to listen to the show and warm to you a lot um and the show as a whole is just brilliant i think i told steve about it because um we were very jealous of your sting oh mate well yes our our intro (laughs) is pretty pretty well it's very very 90s if anyone listens to it it's just pure 90s pop going on in that let's let's hope we never get uh contacted by by any record companies <laughs> we we have stolen um your idea for your yeah. um, jingle we should say and done yeah, a, an inferior much. version of it it, it works it works been on podcast broken records so it's a lot less pleasant to listen to oh man you've had uh, to listen to some rubbish for that as well yeah, yeah we have yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It, we, it's one of those things why have we all done it to ourselves you know we we put these boundaries on ourselves we're going all right Dave and I are like, we're going to listen to every number one album of the 90s in order. And you've gone, we're going to deliberately listen to some of the worst albums. What? We should not be doing this. This is not good for mental health, if nothing else. Yeah, it was I Steve's mean... idea. Oh, well. I, I, <laughs> right. I find my, I kind of love how bad some of these records that we listen to are, though. I actually mm. enjoy going, I can't believe you think that anyone would want to hear this. I can't, I genuinely am staggered that you know, I mean, the Corey Feldman album. I mean, I sometimes listen to the Corey Feldman album just to go, Corey, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, I can't, you know, this is some sort of self-flagellation. Oh, that you're there's a man with many appalling. issues. Yeah. 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 I mean, many yeah. issues of, ch- of child pornography publications, I would imagine, as well. There's one for the edit. And he's, yeah, and he's actually, and, and he's actually, he's actually one of the nicer people in that bottom five of albums that we've got as well. God's like sake. Corey Feldman, he comes across. If I was to pick anyone to babysit my imaginary kids out of the bottom like seven albums we've got, probably would be Corey Feldman. <laughs> I'd take the risk. I'd take the risk over right. fucking some of the bastards that we've got. We've currently got the spectre of the two unlimited album, um, just like kind of standing over us like an uncle at a playground it's not <laughs> nice yeah gonna have to be done though well it's funny you mentioned to unlimited and that feels like quite a good segue into what we're going to be talking about today because we have asked well, the, the four of us have come up with our top five favorite one hit wonder songs or artists because they only had one hit theoretically of the 1990s and um 
I put a tweet out today saying to people, if we were theoretically going to a podcast talking about the greatest one-hit wonders of the 1990s, what artists, what songs would you like to hear us speaking about? And um, Two Unlimited came up, and I had to just slam that person down and go, no, Two no. Unlimited. <laughs> Two Unlimited had lots of hits. Are you going to ignore Tribal Dance? I don't think so. Not no, on my watch. No. You've got to let the music. Absolutely not. You're not ignoring that. That was a big hit. Can't have that. Get ready for this and No Limits. We're both as big as each other in my mind. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be the obvious one, clearly. I think they had two number one albums in the 90s. Criminals. Madness. Absolutely criminal. Oh, God, so you're going to have to cover two. Two Unlimited. Two, I, be- two, I yeah. believe so. Mate, we had to do, we're going to have to do two Enigma ones as well. I'm not sure what's worse. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, fuck me. That is brutal. Yeah. But, okay, so like you said, uh, Two Unlimited can't really be considered a one-hit wonder i think that's entirely fair but yep. what uh what are you going to consider is eligible to be a one-hit wonder then um i think if everything else has gone away and there's things from because obviously i was there in the 90s we were all there we all remember it people you know some people said to me like oh ready to go by republica that's got to be one of them okay a- yeah absolutely not drop dead gorgeous is a better song than ready to go I'm having, you know, I'll die on that hill, happily. Die on that okay. Hill. Um, and I think that it is, a lot of it is probably about what you remember, um, but you have to go with the facts as well. I mean, lovely Rich Hobson, who again writes for Metal Hammer. You know, I love you, Rich, and kiss your furry face. But when you're suggesting Kelly's Heroes by Black Grape, I mean, it's the fifth biggest <laughs> oh, Black Grape song. That's crazy, Tom. Biggest no, Black no, Grape no, song. No, no, so, fuck me. So, yeah, at that point, you have to kind of like go, okay, that needs to be shut down. Spin Doctors again, one massive album, one album wonder, sure, one hit wonder. Again, I mean, I'll take Little Miss Can't Be Wrong over Two Princes if 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 you got a gun to my head, and I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, mean, I suppose there is there's an argument for kind of you know in quotation marks the man on the street. If you said mm. to someone just out the front of Sainsbury's, name me two Spin Doctor songs, they wouldn't be able to. They would they'd probably go Two Princes. And then they would, you know, be stumbling over the next one. So there is an argument to say yep. people like us maybe aren't the best judges because you know there there are bands that there are acts and stuff. I went, I definitely can't include that because I can name three other songs, mm. but that's because I'm a dickhead and <laughs> the, the, normal people wouldn't be able to. So perhaps I'm being you know a, a, too much of a, a stickler for the rules as well. I'm not sure. What about you, Dave? What was the, the criteria in your mind when you got approached with this? Because we were quite broad. We said whatever you want to do, you can do, basically. I mean, to be honest with you, you know, I, you know, there were things that I considered. You know, like I thought about, uh, I thought about "Torn" by Natalie Imbruglia, for example, right? And then I remembered working in HMV at the time and how many copies of her album we sold. So I was like, okay, you know, there was another couple of singles off of that. She was you know kind of going out with the lad out of silver chair i mean not that that counts with for anything much but so, i, I so, met natalie and Brugger at a silver chair gig what did you, did you really did you manage not to preemptively come in your trousers <laughs> no i don't I, think i, I saw her on, I, just on that motif a couple of years ago when i was single i I didn't match her obviously because she's Natalie Brulia and look yeah. at the state of me but she was on I saw her on Bumble obviously swipe right never matched what? with Natalie and Brulia but imagine that imagine matching with Natalie and Brulia I, I don't know mate I, one of the main things about getting to this age is I realise I have nothing 
to offer Natalie Imbruglia. <laughs> all, all, I, all I have for Natalie Imbruglia is a story about the worst sex she's ever had. That's all I've got for her. Um, that and chlamydia. But... I'm sorry, Dave, I interrupted you. Go on. No, that's fine, man. That's fine. No, I'm quite happy to be interrupted by Natalie Imbruglia. Um, so so I, I, to be honest with you, like, I've, I've been nuts busy. So I just kind of tried to do this one as, ra- rather than the way that Krista has done it, I think, which is a very analytical process. I just went, what is coming into my head? What is coming? And I did it as quickly as I possibly can. And I've, I've lived with these decisions over a weekend. And I'm bits and pieces are coming up but I'm fairly confident that my gut reactions were the right answers and definitely the best 590 singles that everyone has got in this group. Oh, oh, right. oh I see. <laughs> mm. Renfrey, I'm quite surprised you didn't try and pick Like Herod by Mogwai. Um, <laughs> you fucking snob. But you actually managed to pick five pop songs. Congratulations. More or um, less, how, yeah. How did, you, how did you get on with this? I found this, I I suspect, uh, and I don't want to be all like, woe is me or anything like that, but I suspect because of my age, <laughs> I believe I'm the, I believe I'm the youngest out of the four uh, I would four imagine so. Um, yeah. So I'm 36 years old. And as a result, you know, I remembered less of the early 90s. Um, and certainly some of these songs um, that we're going to talk about today, it, it, it didn't really register in my memory at all. So some of them I do feel like I missed. Um, but I certainly, you know, I did have to look a couple of um, 90s one-hit wonder playlists up and stuff like that. Mm. And um, they definitely, unlike you, Dave, they didn't really come to mind straight away. I think um, I think I needed to work a little bit hard for it. But I think that's probably just an age thing and memory and just not having as fully formed a brain at that time. Fair. Well, Fair. I'll go through a few of uh, of the um, the things I got from my, my Twitter. I've just actually, while we've been talking, I've just looked. Um, someone called Bam Bam, at Pooley Blue Nose on Twitter, has said, Nirvana smells like teen spirit. No one knew them before or after that, which is really funny. Or oh. after that. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. yeah. I think they were a band, weren't they? Um, Max Cousins says he does have other good stuff. But Children by Robert Miles is the most holy song. Robert Miles' Children, lads. Yeah. I've, look, I've got some very, uh, I've got some very fond memories of Robert Miles' Children. But yeah, I have, man. I was at wow. university with a lad who was a techno DJ, and he played it quite a lot when I was in some very interestingly altered states. Um, so <laughs> I don't, as, as overplayed as it was, it's not really my kind of standard cup of tea. But I do have some affection for Robert Miles' Children. And the song. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, see, my issue was that at the time that came out, I was DJing in my student union. I was doing their kind of pop nights and stuff. And that was one of the big chart dance songs at that time. And I had to play it every week. And it was, and I, I was not at that, you know, in any of these nights doing anything stronger than cheap lager. And so I wasn't able to little drift off a little bit and just listen to it. And it just, it was a bit too pure moods for me and I was very sick of it very quickly. Yeah, it's very repetitive, that song. Very repetitive. Yeah. Oh, the only thing I really remember is uh, of Rob Miles' Children is my mate Mark get, uh, necking a bottle of 2020 before a school disco and it being the first song played during the said school disco and him getting on the stage and uh, taking his shirt off before <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> when everyone else, when everyone else had just stood by the side 
You know, when you, it takes a little while, doesn't it, on a school disco yeah. for it to, you know, first couple of songs, people just stand there, no, 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 straight oh, in, shirt off, dancing in front of the entire school. Amazing. Happy days. Um, at It's Only Craig said, You and Me song by The Wanna Dies. Not a one-hit wonder. Because I was, I was DJing indie clubs. And so mm-hmm. I was getting their singles promo sent to me all the time. And I remember there being about four. That was obviously the big one. Um, but yeah, see, now I don't remember any other Wanna Die song, I have to be honest. I yeah, saw I mean, it at Glastonbury. I think you could definitely call I would say Man on the Street, Wanna Dies are a one-hit wonder. Well, probably, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Hoist by my own petard there. Uh, someone called John Martin has just said, Bittersweet Symphony, Symphony by The Verve. He seems to be Ridiculous. from America. So we'll ignore <laughs> so that's everything. That's, yeah, that's a different <laughs> thing. That's fair. Right. Yeah. Um, here's one which actually I was like, oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about this song. Um, Andrew, at Casualty of Cool, says, d things can only get better. I this didn't wow. even I didn't even consider or think of this song. But it was, I used to like it. Oh, you see, that's number two in my worst uh, one hit wonders <laughs> of the nineties list. That is, D Ring. Is that, t- just, is that just Tony there. Blair's fault? Would you say? Oh no, no. I mean, uh, it's it's the song's fault initially. I'd say <laughs> I just really took against it. Don't know why. And he's the guy's from Northern Ireland. I should like it, but fucking hell. I mean, I, I lump that in with that uh, that that cover of Baker Street. Who who was the oh, cover of Baker Street? Uh, undercover. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah undercover. Yeah. I, I kind of it's in that kind of very very shiny shit pop dance music of like 90 was it 91 that's no, right it was, it was 92 90, it was 90, uh, 94 i think really no, really? Can't 90, be that is it late. that late it was 93 or 94 i think if only there was no, some i, I don't check. i don't believe it's that late uh are we gonna do oh do you, want, do you want me to google it d-ream yeah, um, chris is already googling i'm it, looking it up in my british hit singles <laughs> album <laughs> 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 well, that's what we call the analog internet. <laughs> it was nineteen ninety three. It was nineteen ninety three. Ninety three, January ninety three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, I actually bought that on tape. So on wow. tape, cassette, single. Yeah. I yes, mate. That on tape. Um, <laughs> you and Taylor has just said corner shop with a question mark. <laughs> no, mate. Because I think he knows that I got beef with corner shop. Oh, we've had a bit of Twitter beef, me and Corner Shop. Have you know? Okay. Oh, really? So I think he's yeah. They they were named their album was named above the downward spiral by Nine Inch Nails in Q's best albums of the nineties. And I said I was like, I mean, like Elastica above Rage Against the Machine, and Corner Shop above Nine Inch Nails. Like, come on, that's wow. ridiculous. And they found it. I didn't at them or anything. They found it and just went fuck off hill at me. <laughs> and I went, and I was sort of tried to be nice to him. I was like, come on, you know, even you, you must know you're not as good as a downward spiral. <laughs> you must know that. And they were like, oh, your leather trousers, and started just being like wankers to me. So I was like, fuck off. Like, no wow. one's even. Th- this is the most anyone's thought about you. <laughs> for 20 years yeah no, but to be fair I mean they've got a point because you know next year Nine Inch Nails are uh, a headline in Hellfest and they're headlining I mean fucking where, wherever call mm. centre it is they're working in now. yeah I'm not sure how many Oscars the bloke from Corner Shop's got but I don't imagine it's more than Trent Reznor who currently has two I believe so even if he's got two Oscars <laughs> he's he still only just as good yeah, ridiculous, completely. But, ridiculous. I mean, I, I mean, I do often think that Brimful of Asher is every bit of good as March of the Pigs. I, do, I you know, <laughs> I, 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 I feel like for few, if you want pure visceral dance floor energy, you're putting on the, 
the Fat Boy Slim remix of Brimful of Asher every time. Definitely, aren't yeah. they? Which is actually not even on the album that we were referring to in that conversation. <laughs> they didn't, they actually released that after. They did a proper like Terrorvision tequila yes. fucking Mint Royale bollocks remix. So you grow up. Um, James Clark, <laughs> White Town, Your Woman. Now I nearly picked this. I think this is a great song, personally. I mean, that is a classic one-hit wonder. That's one of the w- w- first ones that came to my head as a perfect example of a one-hit wonder. Um, I think it's a decent tune, it, but it didn't make my top five at all. I think I feel the same. I like it. It's a decent tune, and I considered it. It was on my long list, but it wasn't on my short list. So, yeah. I don't care for it. Descent okay. in the corner. I'm just gonna just gonna <laughs> descend in the corner. I'm being, uh, you know, I'm in somebody else's house and I'm being polite. I don't care. <laughs> you can slag it off. It's you can slag it off, fun. man. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it just, it, it just, you know, it's kind of like that vocoded lyric, the vocal on it just gets on my tits a little bit. To be honest with you, it always just felt a little bit anonymous. It's no, it's no, uh, it's no. Uh, Remember me by Blue Boy, is it? Basically, is what I'm saying. Oh, that's a big tune. No, though. it's not. Yeah, that is right, a big that, tune. that is a, that is a tune that I, I did think about for this as well. I must admit. Mm. Yeah, uh, a lot of people, Jimmy D, Richard Joyce, have both said "Inside" by Stiltskin, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty fucking banging song. To be fair, oh, well, it's it a prime example of a one-hit wonder, definitely. Yeah, it, isn't the story behind that though? The fact that um, basically, I mean, I, I've no idea whether this is true or whether it's urban legend or not. But the, the story I've always known on that song was that Levi's wanted to get um, "Today" by the Smashing Pumpkins and Billy Corgan wouldn't let them have the rights to it. So they went to a session band and said, we want a song that sounds a bit like this. And hence, Inside was born with its many resemblances to Smashing Pumpkin songs. I didn't know that. No, I've never heard that. But I can believe that Billy Corgan would say no. So I'm going to go with <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Joe Nan, who's actually not born for... Uh, 40 years after this song came out which is still in the future actually he said um, Would I Lie to You by Charles and Eddie that was on my long list I love that tune yeah it's a great song it's a brilliant song we, uh, Dave and I have had many conversations about this on ours as well and his opinion is very different to mine it's a shit fucking song for arseholes <laughs> That's what that fucking song is. It's a poodle permed <laughs> pair of fucking cunts. So catchy. That like Lionel Richie, but lack any of his talent and fucking ruin my life with their fucking sounds. Wow. Mate, mate, the thing, I'm trying to remember the actual, the fact, but uh, Eddie from Charles and Eddie started mm. off, he was in like rock bands, I think, wasn't he? and he started off uh, practicing in his garage with maybe Jason Newstead or something. Did he? Uh, yeah, he's got uh, a past and he's, you know, done his own stuff as well. They both kind of made this one song, one album that went huge, but he then wanted to be a solo kind of almost Motown soul singer by himself. Mm. But he's got a metal past that is actually quite impressive. But yeah, this one pop hit blew up. Yeah. Wow. I do know one. The last time I heard about Charles and Eddie, one of them died, and he died the same week as Barry Chuckle. And I just thought either Charles or Eddie and Paul Chuckle should have got together and done <laughs> like because they're on their own, aren't they? Yeah, they, yes. should prob- <laughs> they should probably find. It sort of felt like perfect serendipity for Charles and Paul Chuckle. Like when your mate's parents die and someone tries to hook them up, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Charles and. Beryl, I don't know. 
You got any love for, um, you don't strike me as a Would I Lie To You fan, Renfrey, to be honest? I don't really remember it, to be honest, so I'm just going to have to stick no. on the fence, I'm afraid. Sorry. Okay, I don't fair know. Scott Bamford, collapse lung, eat my goal. <laughs> Not a one-hit wonder. I, that, again, well, I've got like two albums from that, that time of theirs. I've got, I've got the Dis MX 12, I've got a few other bits, so I, I couldn't have gone for that. I mean, I've got the first Collapse Lung album with Eat My Goal on, and I think Eat My Goal is one of the worst songs on it. And it's not a great record. I will say that much for it. Uh, but I don't really think they had any other hits off of that, did they? Uh, probably, no, hits would not be the word you'd use. That was their yeah. biggest chart one by a long way. But they were going for years before that. I can remember that first Collapse Lung album for sure. So I think it would probably be, I mean, what was, they're not, they're not even on Spotify collapsed lung oh really unfortunately um, so I, mean, I can't even check no, it I mean London Tonight was the one before it London was Tonight but yeah. the, before that they, yeah they were they were putting out at the same kind of time as Pop Lead itself were doing some of their 93, 94 stuff later censor that kind of stuff it was mm. that kind of British indie dance hip hop crossover stuff that was happening I just remember them quite well from that and so I, I couldn't have gone in my head one hit wonder yeah here's someone who i think uh, jerry m on twitter said and this i think this is a fucking great shout i've used to love this song hobo humping slowbo babe oh Wales. what a tune i should have had that i sh that that's i should have had that i took that off mine at the very last minute because i i was like one it was one of the first ones i thought of straight on and i talked myself out of it i almost regret it but it's one of those like straight away one hit wonder brilliance yeah i mean like the the the, the girl in the in the video like did very very strange things to <laughs> to kind of late teenage early 20s me i watched that video a lot and sometimes mm. with the sound off mm. and i really like the song <laughs> mm. renfrey do you remember that song you aware of that song i don't but i imagine the girl in video would do in the video would do the same things to me as oh well. you'd enjoy it yeah <laughs> so yeah a lot of shouting for it's not on top of the pops i remember not having heard it and suddenly it was on top of the pops and i was like they're really shouting brilliant yeah. mm. kind of had an early chili peppers vibe to it didn't it a little bit yeah mm. sort of funk bass and loud uh loud drums and shouts that was a great um, tune very very good um what else have we got here to to give a little shout out to um there's not me someone has put torn by natalie brulier um boom shakalak by apache indian i mean I'm big into your Apache Indian, mate. I mean, I would I would say it's not a one-hit wonder because we've, we'd be forgetting about Chock Dare, which we were <laughs> chatting about the other day, and the uh, and and the uh, and the the B-side fun, with the cheese and the cake and the bun fun. The lyric them trip off my tongue. Fun. I mean, there you it go. doesn't get much more profound than that, if you ask me. That's what I, I think. I did used to have the greatest hits of Apache Indian on CD, and I think Boom Shakalak was four of its. <laughs> must have been me come on yeah. <laughs> boom shakalak yeah. rude boy yeah um so i mean i would chuck in i did a little bit of it at the start incredible by mb featuring general levy these are my personal ones sure uh shy guy by diana king i want to personally apologize to diana king for not having shy guy i think that is a scandalous embarrassing reprehensible thing of me to have done i feel utterly ashamed to have not had that on my five here we go by stack a bow i really like that that dropped that out the tune, last man. minute great tune. dropped out the last minute that was the last one to go um come baby come by k7 <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> kind of dropped out i nearly had that partners in crime turtle power yeah go on laugh Ooh. it up Love wow. it up. I quite but, like Turtle Power, man. Yeah. I know the worst like of Turtle, Turtle Power, Power to this day. Yeah. 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 Um, Key the Secret by Urban Cookie Collective, I think, is great as well. Sure. 
and uh, Pop Goes a Weasel by Third Base I think is a great song just don't know if that count, they count as a one hit wonder I sort of think they do and Freeze Atlantic by Cable which didn't actually chart oh my in God. the top 40 but you know, it was on the Sprite advert and they sort of got known for that, even though I think they are a far better band than just a one-hit wonder, but I thought I'd give them a shout as well. Fair um, play. Any, any, uh, any, either of, uh, well, any of you three guys want to give any kind of honourable mentions to anything that hasn't been mentioned so far? I feel like Krista should go first because he's got such a long list. Oh, of, mate, I can run through a, a few. I can run through a few. I'll do it quite quick. I mean, some that I really thought about delight screws in the heart mm. yeah you know yeah big pop tune that made a big impact on me love that around the same time uh omar there's nothing like this i really enjoyed and the young disciples uh apparently nothing on that kind of oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that sort of that, that little jazzy tip um I, I i tried not to have a lot of the same genres in my choices i tried to spread it out and so I didn't do a load of things like Blackstreet, No Diggity. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't do SWV right here. I didn't do Brownstone, um, If You Love Me, all these kind of R&B mm-hmm. one-offs, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. CNC Music Factory, Gonna Make You Sweat. Oh, didn't do it. Tune, man. Didn't do it. Mm. But also they had, a re- they had two really big singles. Oh, things that make you go hmm. Things that make you go hmm. A big track, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chris Isaac, Wicked Game, nineteen ninety. You know, didn't oh, yeah. do it. Yeah, didn't yeah, do it. it. Yeah. Alana I Miles, Black Velvet, as well. I mean, again, these are ones that if you talk to anyone from the states, they'd be like, "But they had thirty other hits." Mm. Like, fair enough, mm. they probably did. But over here, not so much. Curtis Stigers as well. I've got a soft spot for that Curtis Stigers single. I really mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to say at this point, I really, I really think that if I was Joe Exotic, I'd have called myself Curtis Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Baby D, let me be your fantasy. Now, that not a one-hit wonder for me. Oh, okay. I would have okay, been like, nice. absolutely not. Um, Baby D, I, I don't because I, I love. Let me be your fantasy. Mm-hmm. I think it's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. But I was just like. I can't, for me, you know, I think they had, I know it was obviously their big, big, big single, but, you know, Destiny, So Pure as well was was another one. And I was like, oh, they've had too many. I mean, there's a few like, I mean, You Sure Do by Strike was one that I thought was, Uh, it's cheesy as shit. I love that tune, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but there are a few like, um, it's just gone out of my mind now, the kind of, but a lot of the dance the kind of there's so the, many the Euro dance one-offs. stuff yeah like, well I, I had um, Felix Don't You Want Me as well yeah because uh, again I think that's a, a great song you know I, I imagine the producer behind Felix probably did 20 other songs that all went top 10 but I don't know mm. Mm. Yeah. so I, I would have that as a one hit wonder and uh, Chad Jackson's Hear the Drummer Get Wicked as well oh yeah great song great tune Great but yeah, that, that, I've got fucking others, but please move on. I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're coming on. Um, Renfrey, do you want to shout any out quickly? Um, apart from the ones that have already been mentioned, I was going to give a shout neurosis. out. <laughs> 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 I was going to give a shout out to Culture Beat and Mr. Vane. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Right. Uh, Come on, Mr. Vane. Come on, Mr. Vane. I love it. Really don't have time for you to sing. Every <laughs> song. <laughs> I mean, we actually... We do, actually. I just don't want to hear you say um, Go on. This one's... I, I'm actually ever so slightly embarrassed about this one, but I actually... Uh, and I'm going to get ribbed for it, and that's absolutely fine. But um, Joan Osborne's One of Us. 
I just fucking uh, love that song. This is coming up later with one of your choices, where I'm going okay. to go, you're fucking lucky you didn't choose that, and you chose it, and I, I'll let you off because you didn't choose that. But, go, but okay, go on. Go I just on, explain really yourself like to the group. It. I just think <laughs> it's really good. I have no defence at all. I just like it. I, I will admit that when that came out, I hated it with an absolute passion. I thought it was one of the worst things. And now I've mellowed, and it's. I think it's now into, it's all right, I'll listen to that if it comes on, sort I of just, thing. I don't hate it anymore. I think the melody in the chorus is so big. It's all right. It really makes you think, what if God were one of them? <laughs> it doesn't make me think at all, mate. No, you're going too far. Too far. It's, no, I, all, of the, all, of, all of those songs... Oh, we're not rebranding it as a think piece. <laughs> All of those songs, Vanessa Carlton came out with, and I would run a thousand, and just destroyed everything. It's like, well, you can't ever have another song because you've got that Vanessa Carlton song. And I want you. Like, that's the best one. End of. You only that need one. A, that's a great and that's song. That's the one. Um, any more Renfrey? Any more? Um, I had one more, um, but I thought it might be disrespectful to have the rhythm of the night by Corona and Jimmy's times, <laughs> I, and also not a one-hit wonder. Oh, is it not? Oh, uh, absolutely. Okay. I, I, that was another one that I looked at because I think the rhythm of the night is amazing. Yeah, great. Um, but she definitely had loads of other hits, right? Baby, baby, why don't we just get together? Whoa, oh, do you remember that? Uh, now you've sung it. Of course I do. Yeah. That was that. But okay. That reached number five in the United Kingdom. And okay. try me out, oh baby, try me out. Got to number six as well. So, okay. yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So that's fair three enough. top ten hits. Uh, Dave, any honourable mentions you'd like to mention? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I had to kind of eliminate just a load of hip hop songs um, that just didn't do any business in the UK because they were essentially no hit wonders in England. So I, w- I really wanted to have uh, Danger by Blase Blase, which is just a fucking brilliant track, but mm. it didn't it didn't chart it, so I couldn't have it. Um, so I'm going to give give a shout out to uh, Josh Wink, Higher State of Consciousness. Ooh. It's a, a, a track oh. that just fucking blew my mind when I was uh, yeah. that, that age for mm. obvious reasons. Uh, Flat Beat, Mr. Wazzo. 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 Um, now, yeah. th- th- this is, you know, if you if you come from a, a rock world at all, you might want to say this isn't a one-hit wonder, but in terms of any song actually bothering the chart, um, Hunger Strike by Temple of the Dog really is a one-hit Ooh. wonder, uh, as far as most people are concerned, and one of the fucking mm. best songs ever recorded, in my humble opinion. I think that yeah. is probably fair, actually, and now I'm annoyed I didn't put it on my <laughs> list, because I wouldn't have considered them a one-hit wonder, but actually, in reality, yes, it... it it is, yeah. isn't it? I mean, I, I couldn't have considered them a one-hit wonder in any conscience because mm. I listened to that album I love so that much. So, yeah. I, I, mate, I, absolutely, I'm so yeah. fucking upset that he died yeah. before I got to see him do it because they were playing it in the States and they, they would have done yeah. it here at some point. Anyway, um, uh, I've got a shout out. It's a, I mean, it's a cover, but uh, I, I do have some love for uh, Big Yellow Taxi by Amy Grant as well. Oh, yeah. oh, that's oh. a good cover. Fair enough. That's oh, fine. See, I almost had uh, Baby Baby by Amy Grant in my... And, and, and we've just proved why neither of us should have had it then yeah. basically <laughs> <laughs> well there you go that feels like um, if you're listening and you're 21 
uh, you don't know what's going on, really, do you? But that's yeah, sorry. fine. Um, <laughs> this, this, this episode is not for you. If you're 20. Yeah, but you can find some very, very good music if you go and listen yeah. to everything we've just said, apart from uh, What If God Was One Of Us. <laughs> and probably D-Ream, actually. Probably D-Ream. Um, we do have a Spotify playlist of all of our, of our actual choices as well. So, yeah. yes. I mean, and just play it. If you, you know, if you are listening to this and you're a 20-year-old man, play it to girls and pretend you know a lot about music. It, it worked for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, sure. Be pla- it never pla- worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> Playing "Here We Go" by Stacker Bow to a girl, trying to impress her, and being like, they're like the sort of Velvet Underground of the nineties, yeah, yeah. aren't they? Like, <laughs> that is- Mate, I have, I have got the fucking album down there somewhere. The Stacker Bow album, I have. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, was, I was trying great- to find it, but I couldn't quite dig it out. Great fucking oh. song. Great song. Swedish um, anyway. stereo MCs. That's what they were. That's what <clears throat> I was going to lead with. I'm glad they got a little bit more of a mention than, than everyone else. Anyway, let's get into our... Because we've done 40 minutes without even getting into the first Jesus one yet. Christ, so, sorry, guys. Krista, <laughs> right. you've start, you have opened with Harvey Danger, Flagpole Sitter is where we're going to start, starting with a big one. I would say one of the biggest frustrations of my life is that that song is not on streaming services. And instead, if you do want to go onto Spotify, Apple Music, you have to listen to shitty versions by the likes of Venice Sunlight, Done Again, and Chiodos from the truly horrific Pop Goes Punk series. But oh this song... Lord. Released on the 13th of July 1997, taken from the American alternative rock band's debut album, Where Have All the Merrymakers Gone? It peaked at a pretty unimpressive, really, 57 on the UK chart. It's their only chart placing for the band. Spent two weeks on the chart, and then it was gone. It's their only entry ever into the UK singles chart. A literal one-hit wonder to start us off. Um, Krista, do tell, what was the thinking behind picking this one? Well, you're absolutely right. It is one of the kind of genuine one-hit only ones that we've got on our lists because, you know, we've already established that we'll give someone a second or third one that only got to number 60 and we'll let them away with it. This is this is it. This is the only thing that happened for these guys in the UK. And I remember, again, like I say, I was DJing in sort of indie alternative clubs in the 90s and I was on a few mailing lists where I would get some stuff sent to me up front of release, and I got this 7-inch sent through, and I would love to say that it blew me away and I was telling everyone about it. There was so much stuff coming out that I I was just going, this is another really good song, great, love this, let's see what else happens. Obviously then nothing did, but it, it really just stayed and stayed and stayed, and it was the big catchy song of the moment, huge chorus on it which is I've always said is a big thing for me and it was one of the ones that would it was a guaranteed floor filler for the time so I was confident stick it on everyone's going to be singing along and we're now what 25 years on ish and I still think it's so good and it, it, I think we could see from the replies in your Twitter feed loads of other people had mm. that as the obvious one that came to their mind as well so yeah, it was only sure. because I was the first one to reply on our kind of uh, emails and messages to put in my five, just getting them in. I think that's the only reason that I've got this on mine because I suspect at least one or two of you would have had the same thought. Definitely. Yeah, yeah it was on my definitely. list. Yeah. 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 It was, sure. You know, it was in the time when it was almost like, well, Weezer aren't doing uh, anything this year. Here's your Weezer song. <laughs> you know, we just haven't arrived yet, so here's Harvey Danger. Mm, it's, you know. it's got quite a um, Ben Folds vibe to it. Actually. Definitely, yeah. You know, there's a really sort of jaunty um, 
Ben Folds kind of uh, maybe the first solo album he did, um, Rock in the Suburbs kind of vibe to it. Um, I looked mm. up the entry on Song Facts about this song. I don't have an awful lot of information about the song, but I looked up Song Facts and um, found this little nugget. Uh, this song is about how our society can drive people crazy and the effects of what happens when you are driven crazy. It's also about masturbation. No, <laughs> no, really. <laughs> Hey, I don't I think, think it is. To paraphrase, you know, everything's about masturbation if you try hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> but um, wh- whatever it's about, cracking tune, cracking tune, mm. great song. It's a great song, and to, I've got to be honest, right? And this is weird because all the stuff we've mentioned and all the stuff that I was into at that period, this would have been prime, like gimme, 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 Harvey Danger, Flag. But I do not remember this song from the time. Weirdly, I don't remember uh. it. I mean, it's taken on a bit of a life of its own after the fact. I think certainly I mean it becoming the music for Peep Show that was I was sort of like I kind of feel like I sort of recognise this piece of music but I don't really know what it is and um, I mean I almost considered it like a naughty's hit for the longest time until I started actually going out of my way to try and listen to it um, Sean Nelson from the band who's a lead singer has said the only pop culture item the song has been associated with that feels like has a kindred spirit to the original attitude of the lyric is peep show it's been on lots of things this and we've just said about the kind of awful terrible bands that have covered it but they are happy to be part of of being used on peep show and i don't think they're that happy to have it kind of associated with all the other things it has been associated with but it was american pie that was always the thing i associated it with because i I watched that film a lot on a pal of mine had it on dvd when dvd players were new and we watched american pie a lot because Mm. standards were lower then (laughs) and uh (laughs) no i fucking enjoyed the fuck out of that film at the time but that's 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 where i heard this song and uh, and kind of had it in my brain from there i suppose it does sound like a, a frat boy anthem. It sounds like one of those. If you wanted to bracket it with Buddy Holly and uh, your kind of sing along dumb songs, even though it's not, it's deliberately not, and it's poking fun at some of the shit that was going on back in the late nineties for bands who would have been considered st- selling out. Uh, but it has the the strong chorus that you're like, this could just be another shallow anthem, and yeah. therefore it sticks in your head because of that. Yeah, if it was released in the '80s, this would be like on a John Hughes soundtrack, wouldn't it? This song, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. like if it was released in the noughties, probably, um, uh, like the Seth Rogen lot. Damn it! Or oh, uh, Judd Apatow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it has that yeah. vibe yeah. and that feel to it. Definitely. And it was also one of the. Uh, I think it was actually the first lip dub video I ever saw on the internet uh, was to this song, oh. and I, it was one of the like, probably ten years after release, and I'd almost forgotten about it, and it just brought back to me how good it was yeah yeah it's fucking brilliant i think the video is great as well because again they don't look like cool rock stars you know they don't look like blink 182 they don't even look like i mean i was thinking when when you're saying like oh the kind of frat boy party things i mean i think even some fairly credible bands or something like the mighty mighty boss tones you know the impression i get you could have gone oh the mighty mighty boss tones are one hit wonder band well they've only had you know that man on the street he only knows one song but Mm -hmm. even the boss tones felt kind of confident and they looked cool within themselves as opposed to Harvey Danger who really look like you know like real nerds like really awkward nerdy guys in the video and the video is them kind of being just very uncomfortable in this this gig and yeah I think it's a it's a fucking I mean obviously it's a great song absolutely great song 
Cool. Yeah. Well, it's a strong start, I feel. Yeah, very see, see also Wheatus. There's an honourable member to honourable mentions to Wheatus and uh, I guess it's Lit as well, my own worst enemy, kind yeah. of in in that same world. Yeah. No, Lit was another one that I did consider, to be honest. Yeah. I think if I didn't have had if I hadn't have had Lit's album and I didn't like so much of it, and I think you know there were other singles that came off of that 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 did do all right. Ziploc. Um, yeah, Ziploc Zip was a quite a and, fairly um, big single, wasn't it? Down? Yeah, I think it was called Down, yeah. Mm. But yeah, I mean, that's a very good album. Um, what's the, what's anyway. the other one? Um, oh, is, didn't they do one that starts off, You Make Me, yeah, you, you Make, make me, me Calm? Oh yeah, Miserable. Miserable, yeah. thank you, yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Good, yeah, good band. And they still, I mean, and also they still play like insanely high at download, don't they? Yeah, true. Yeah, when they play like very, very surprisingly high up on the second stage last time they played, so I feel like they sort of got a life beyond that a little bit a bit like a <laughs> i saw them at electric ballroom like five years ago doing a place in the sun in full it was actually quite cool. fun so yeah there you go nice well there you go harvey dangers um flagpole sitter is our first pick we're moving over to you now renfrey you have gone with what is like, i don't think anyone would be expecting this to be honest no. yes that post rock man has gone for what is love by hadaway the debut <laughs> single from the trinidadian german euro dance vocalist taken from the album the album it was released on the 8th of may 1993 reached number two on the uk charts it has sold half a million copies in the united states of america wow. which i think is quite impressive Very impressive. but it has sold 600,000 copies in the United Kingdom wow. and it has sold 750,000 physical copies in Germany. Hadaway, well done, lad. Crikey. Well done. So um, he actually had three more top 10 singles in the UK, Renfrey. Mm. Live hit number six, which is a banger, by the way. I Miss You and Rock My Heart both made number nine in the UK. He also had two more UK top 40 singles. So it's a quite a shitty pick to start with. <laughs> <laughs> but um go on tell us why you picked it well look the 90s was the time of i think it would have been remiss for us not to have any euro dance in here and I'm, I'm, I'm sure we all have at least one euro dance pick but i think it's so important that kind of euro dance sound you know the crap casio keyboard kind of sound um that it has to be included and the thing is is what made those euro dance songs great was an amazing melody it was all about the melody the backing for all of them was more or less the same um certainly synthesized it was you know almost like pressing demo on a keyboard or something like that and putting something on top of it what is love um is just such a massive melody and the millisecond it comes in you know what it is you know you just need to hear what and it's like what is love and you're just like oh so good it's a really really big massive tune um and I, I i felt like i had to represent that i also knew that most people would not suspect that i would have picked a song like that but these songs permeated so much around that time it was kind of impossible to not have these songs in your head you know um sometimes for good and sometimes for ill but I never really minded having the melody to what is love in my head because it's fucking huge. Oh, I love it. I think it's mm. great. It's got that massive stomping breakdown in it as well, hasn't yeah. it? Dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. Oh, mate. I mean, it's a fucking big tune, man. What is love? Yeah. I mean, don't hurt me. Baby, don't hurt me. No more. Don't hurt me. <laughs> 
I, I, I wasn't, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> um, Eminem. You, you, you say that. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I'll hurt you with a couple of my suggestions later on, unfortunately. Um, Eminem sampled this song on his 2010 track, No Love, so he likes it, which means I'm cool. Oh, that's what yeah. makes it cool. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works. Uh, Christy, you, you have any thoughts on this, uh, this song? I think I, I absolutely agree. It is one of the most kind of iconic ones of that time. It, 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 there are so many. There was an absolute glut of them for years. It really was. It's yeah. So many of them. You, If you heard them now, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I kind of know what it is. And I know it happened, but you would not be able to name the, the artist or the tune. There are certain ones that stand out, and that yeah. absolutely stands out. Uh, because of its straight up ridiculous central tune to it yeah big tune yeah. I mean I always I'm sure I bet you you're the same as me if you had to say oh I always associated this w- with another Euro pop hit of the same time what am I going to say uh, Mr. Vane no oh fair enough maybe it's just me then Dr. Albans It's My Life oh uh, yeah I always yeah, for some, I always conflated the two and sometimes in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, Hadaway, it's my life. Dr. Alban, uh, what is love? For some reason, the two stand out to me. But they, the... Well, I'll tell you exactly why it is. It's because when you hear either one of those songs, you know that there is a man. He's glistening with sweat. He's not got a, a T-shirt on, but he is wearing a waistcoat. <laughs> that waistcoat is leather and the sunglasses. True. That's what's happening with both of those guys. It's a vibe. It's like basically looking like... the. the Looking like Blade stuff. Right, that could well be it. Do you guys remember Sydney Youngblood? I very sure. much feel it's. If only I could. Only Sydney Youngblood. I think is sort of the thinking man's Hadaway. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and are there a lot of this stuff? You can look back at Sydney Youngblood and you can go, well, I feel like in the nineties his work was taken and dumbed down quite a lot. And this would be one of know. the examples. Of, I mean, another one. I love you, baby, with that weird. Yeah. Oh, fucking I love you, baby. Oh. I don't know. I can't remember who did that, but it's a very odd, like, it's an odd melody. Tony did not Tony DeBart. No, Tony DeBart. I love you, baby. That's, um, Christian's right. got his head in his hands. Oh, this is the sort of shit that we love. It's not KWS either, is it? It's Oh, uh, the original. The, it was the original. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the original. That's it. The original. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. Oh um, my! I hated that song with a passion. Yeah, ridiculous. Why is he going? Awful. Yeah. awful. Like, doesn't work. Doesn't work. I'll tell you, we we did an episode on um, a Soul to Soul album in our podcast, and for some of the research of that, I found out that Sydney Youngblood had some beef with Soul to Soul in '89. They were really? they were accusing each other of nicking uh, the the beat that both of them used for a song, and yeah, there was like apparently. You know, in as much as it could have been a public spat in 1989 without the internet, it was a thing that uh, they definitely were not happy with each other. Did not know that. There you Did go. not know that. Um, this, you know, pre kind of America really getting on board with Eurodance, it actually did all right in the US due to it being on the Saturday Night Live inspired film Night of the Roxbury with Chris Catan and Will Ferrell. I mean, what a funny guy. I absolutely love Chris Catan. Uh, um, yeah, I've never seen that film. It doesn't look very good. I think this song is okay. Uh, it wouldn't be one of my. If I was going to pick one of these types of songs, I've got to be honest, Renfrew, it probably wouldn't be the one. But do you want to know what Hadaway has been doing since? Of course. So he's actually had four more albums since the album. One is called My Face. <laughs> from 2001 he actually released an album in 2011 called Gotta Be he had an album in 2005 called Pop Splits 
and he released a couple of singles this year but the last thing oh. he wanted to do apparently in 2016 he announced plans to star in a film called never ending dream which was about Eurodance, and he launched a fundraise a fundraiser on uh, indiegogo but he never released the film oh, what swine has he, has he taken Charlton. the money and and well, not i don't know well we can't say that if he hasn't can't say that <laughs> i mean did he did i mean I mean, did it did it make any of the money? Did he did he raise any? Or did he was it just fucking fifty euro and a handshake? Probably. I mean, I can't. Would how much money would you give Hadaway for him to start his own film in two thousand sixteen? Not a lot. I mean, to be honest with you, I I I, I would stop short at streaming the song in case he got points. <laughs> and and put that towards recording any new music. Not a yeah. fan then, Dave. No, I like the song, man. I'm just being a camp. <laughs> It's, it's, it's my default stance. <laughs> so um, there you go, Hadaway. What is love is Renfrey's first pick. Amazingly, it gets worse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to Dave's first choice. You have gone for Still My Sunshine by Len, the lead single of the Canadian alternative rock band Len's third studio album, You Can't Stop the Bum Rush, which was released on the 22nd yeah. of July 1999. It reached number eight on the UK singles chart, one of two top 40 singles that the band had uh also reached number six in the u.s billboard to- uh, top 200 it's gone gold in the uk selling over 400,000 copies and platinum platinum in the united states of america that is over a million copies of this oh. single wow which is more than the combined sales of everything else they i would imagine released. so yes. um but yeah i mean look this is we're speaking on one of the hottest days of the year um and this song i mean it's just a straight up summertime classic mm. if if i put this song on there's some nice weather out i'm gonna feel happy it's got that laid back kind of hip-hoppy vibe to it it's got a little bit of kind of a, a twee indie dynamic some weird kind of shouted vocals it's got a great little beat a great little melody it's a song that just makes me feel incredibly happy when it comes on. I I love a summer jam, you know, and this is to me is up there with "Summertime" by Fresh Prince and, uh, you know, Jazz Jeff and the Fresh Prince. It's up there with you know some of the soul to soul stuff in terms of just songs. As soon as the sun's out, I want to drink a beer. I want to listen to this song, sit back, and do fuck all. So th- this is a winner for me. On well, all Mark Constanzo of the band said he wanted to write a song like "Don't You Want Me" by the Human League, hence why you get nice. that kind of uh, female bit coming in at the end of that kind of dual vocal thing which I think is cool I actually think and I tell you what you're not going to get anyone on this show willing to defend the Human League harder than me but I think this is be- a better song than Don't You Want Me by the Human League wow Ooh. damn Ooh. I mean yeah I mean I think it's a very different song I mean if he, if, he, if, he set, if he set out to kind of make a song like it I mean objectively I'm not sure of uh, what measures of success he was going for but if he wanted a song with if, if, if his measures were I want a good song with a female vocal in it yeah 100% mate hit it right mm-hmm. on the fucking mark um, if you wanted it to have the same kind of affectations as uh, Don't You Want Me I find it quite difficult to put those two in the same headspace. Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of LA summery late 90s version of something which was a dour kind of British Sheffield thing in the early 80s. So I guess maybe you're just transporting yeah. those two worlds away. If you kind of, if those two worlds could somehow meet in the middle, maybe you'd get something else which sounded more like this. 
I mean, at a minute, I'm just thinking of like the big glossy Hollywood version of like the Moors murderers, uh, <laughs> and those would basically be the. the that, that, that's about how I would conflate those two. Um, no, I mean, no, no, the, the song list reminds me most. And the other one that I did kind of think about putting on the list, but this is just objectively the better song, uh, was Drinking It in LA by uh, Bram Lantern yeah, 3000. Yeah, I like that tune. Got yeah, a lot of love for that tune, but it kind of ticks similar boxes for me as this song in terms of, you know, summer song, put it on, vibe out. Blah, blah, Agreed. Blah, blah. I, I always, similarly to what I said before, I always put those two in a box together they released you know within about four or five months of each other and they both had that summer you know, it, you know steal my sunshine isn't called drinking in the sunshine in the way that drinking in la is but it's a drinking song it's go out and have a beer it's, it's that sort of thing so i i do associate them with each other as well mm. yeah I, th- I think this is a really nice song for all of the reasons that you just outlined there david like it's just a perfect like um barbecue song you know and when the weather is like it is today we're recording and it's about i mean we're god we're recording it's uh, 10 past 8 degrees and it's still <laughs> it's still like roasting hot um but yeah a perfect song for a day like today i will confess i don't really remember it from the time i was probably too busy oh, yeah. wanking off to godspeed you black emperor or something um to recall it from the time but um yeah that was yes that was yesterday room <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, I remember. Um, but um, no, I, I think this is a great tune. It's really nice. Yeah, it's good. Mm. I noticed as well in your Twitter feed, this was probably the other one from Harvey Danger that was nominated most times as a yeah. classic one-hit wonder of oh, the nineties. Really? Mm. Mm. And I, I watched a video as well to this earlier on. I have to say, Mark Constanzo, the the lead singer, he, he's kind of like a cross between Danny DeVito and um, Bobcat Goldthwaite, and you just think that <laughs> you you couldn't be. A pop star now they wouldn't let you be a pop star you little kind of stumpy little man with little arms and sort of beer belly and a sort of funny little face and you just think what's so great about the 90s is this guy wrote this really lovely breezy happy fun song and they let him be in the video to just drive around on the moped looking very disheveled and kind of drunk and a bit awful and a bit like haggard and awful and it was like yeah yeah you're a pop star now amazing I did read that uh, whenever he was making the video, because um, he got signed out of nowhere because of this song, and for some reason was able to get a, like, something like $150,000 to make a video. But what he did was he just went and got a load of scooters, and him and his mates drove around LA filming mm. each other. And they just spent the rest of the money on food, drugs, and drink for the seven days of the shoot. And apparently at one point they bought so much booze that they tried to take it up a lift in the motel they were staying at and the lift broke because it was too heavy. So that's where all the money went. But you're right, he just conned the record company going, no mate, it'll be fine. I'll go in the video because I'm a sexy man. You give me $150,000 and we're going to have a hit. And he was right. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that story as well. I, I can confirm that story. I can confirm I've heard it. <laughs> can you yeah, yeah. It? <laughs> I was that moped. Yeah, that's, that's why I don't remember the song. I got so fucked on the video shoot that the whole thing just passed me by. Um, yeah, it's a great song. Um, they last had an album out in 2012 after a seven-year hiatus, which, you know, I'm not really sure the world needs a Len album in 2012 particularly. I don't know if it does. I mean, would any interest in that at all, Chance? Pass. No. I mean, I'm, I'm not interested in the three that... I'm not interested in the album. That <laughs> yeah. 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 Fair. Fair. Um, but it is a great song, Still My Sunshine by Len. Uh, my first pick comes from 
Joyrider. Rush Hour, I've gone with. It is the sole UK top 40 hit from the short-lived Irish rock band, the fourth single from their only album, Be Special, which is a pretty decent album, actually, even though it wasn't wasn't actually on the album and this song is not actually on streaming services uh it got to number 22 on the uk chart before the fifth and final single from that album all gone away reached number 54 on the charts um which i think give it up lads in it you got five singles from that album and you're not getting like give it up um this of course is a cover from you could say from an 80s one hit wonder uh jane wedlin formerly the go-go's had a hit with this song in 1988 the 90s and 80s cover versions i mean was it was a thing right that doing a cover of an 80s song during the 1990s there are so many and some of them as renfrey and i discussed um i think only a few weeks ago on one of our shows we were talking about shock the monkey cold chamber doing shock the monkey orgy doing blue monday um limp biscuit doing faith like kick fear factory doing cars there were a lot of bands doing i mean china drum i think did wuthering heights around the same time as this i don't know if you remember that um but for me this is you know that that they're kind of glorious ideas not always excellently executed now i really really love the original of this song i always did love it from back in the day when i was a kid um i pretty much love anything to do with the go-go's really anyway but i think this cover is wicked and i think the slight change in the hook for the chorus and a different sort of vocal intonation makes it different enough but sort of rocky enough for 16 year old me to be like oh, i like this song but they've made the guitars bigger they've given it a slight bit of urgency i think it's fucking great this song fucking great am i mental chaps i don't think so at all i think this is a great song um I, you can you can kind of hear the therapy influence can't you and they were on andy kansas yeah. label weren't they um and i think you can hear that very clearly but you know it's it's banging i have to admit i don't remember the original if i'm totally honest with you um <sighs> i don't recall it to mind at the moment i will have to go back to it um but i really like this version i really like this song i think it's cool a um, little bit perplexed as to why it's not on streaming services. I'm guessing it's something to do with it being a cover and they can't mm. get the rights or something along those lines. It's a bit of a shame. Um, well, they released yeah. the album because I, I bought the album on the back of this single and it wasn't on the album. And oh. then they re released the album ah. with it kind of oh, tacked, they, tacked on the end. So. Standard mm. practice, yeah. yeah. Which is a bit annoying. But the thing is, you, you're absolutely right that there were so many cover versions coming out. And they were, again, just from a DJ point of view, they were absolute manna from heaven because they were instantly recognisable and they were usually already a great song. So you're kind of halfway there. And if they did a good version of it, then even better. And this was one of the ones that was a really good version. Um, It didn't fuck it up. Some of them, you're like, why did you bother that time? This one, I think, is, is very, a load of fun. It's loads of fun. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this um, because I mean I I had beef with Joyrider at the time. I remember I, it, at at the time when I would go to like three gigs at like kind of LA two start size venues in a week kind of thing. I think I saw Joyrider three times in like a ten day period. I think I saw him support. I think they, I'd have to double check, but I think they supported Helmet, mm-hmm. and I think they were supporting Dog Eat Dog, and I probably went to the Dog Eat Dog tour twice um because i was a twat um no you're not you're not a twat by the way you're not a twat if anyone calls kind of love dog eat dog you shouldn't kind you should absolutely love them with all your soul (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> me, me and my uh, me and my uh, ex girlfriend uh, Louise went to Dog Eat Dog. Uh, actually, you might know Louise. She used to edit Terrorizer oh, yeah, yeah. magazine. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And we went out when we were very, very young, and we went to so many Dog Eat Dog shows. Um, that they knew us by name and dedicated songs to us. Wow. We we saw Dog Eat Dog a lot of times, man. Um, but yeah, so I saw Joy Rider and I did not care for their Oove live. And I, I kind of vaguely remember them doing the cover of this song. And I don't remember liking it at the time, but I am an enormous kind of asshole about this song because I love this song so mm. dearly. Um, but I will go back. I'll try and dig it out and listen to it again. I should have. I should have done it before this podcast. I didn't get the, the time. But um, I'm not going to be a prick about this song. I can tell you, I, 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 there was a lot of stuff I didn't like when I was that age that I have come round to. So I'm not going to be uh, knobby about it. But uh, yeah, I, I, but the song itself is an absolute banger. And let's not forget her amazing role as Joan of Arc in uh, Bill and yes, yes, yes. She was very good at that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it all Renfrey for you hasn't heard. I mean, or Anthony. Dave hasn't heard the, or doesn't remember the kind of newer version and for Emperor you haven't heard the older version which one you prefer I mean I'm a bit like this is kind of like hurt by Johnny Cash or Nine Inch Nails for me it's like sometimes depending on my mood I prefer one and I prefer the other it all depends on do you like ooh you send me or do you like ooh you send me that is the <laughs> basically the kernel of which, which one of those two types of like vocal delivery do you prefer and I think they're both good so I'm going to sit on the fence. I think um, they're, both they're from Northern Ireland, so they're obviously amazing. That's the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, there were a load of... They, they For me, Joy, Joyrider sat in with, like, um, the posies and compulsion, and there were a lot of... And again, I mentioned China Drum, and there were a lot of those kind of Brit rock bands when... I mean, we've said this on this podcast a bunch of times before, Renfrey. There was a little gap in rock music before new metal and sort of after Kurt Cobain died where Brit rock was a cool thing and it looked like we were going to have a load of you know in the world arts and um television and all that kind of stuff and garbage and skunk and Nancy was going on it looked like that was going to be the next thing and it never really fully happened for enough of them but there was a big swell of bands that I think a lot of them are very very good um and you know Curved Dog obviously I would I know they're not British but um chuck them in as well great there was a lot of good bands and joyrider were one of those bands that was like oh yeah they're good and when i saw them at reading they kind of played they were pretty good and <laughs> the then they split up plays what a review well they did they, <laughs> I, I, remember, I was fucking 16 for fuck's sake they played and I, I watched most of their set and i thought that was quite good and then they just they were gone they vanished like so many of their their kind oh. Indeed, yeah. They supported yeah. Terrorvision on their May 1995 tour, which makes them a okay with me because I fucking <laughs> love Terrorvision. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. They're not going to shag you, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> they might do. That. I mean, to be fair, mate, if you got fifty quid, you probably <laughs> fucking will. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Krista, let's go back to you for your next pick. You've gone with Naked in the Rain. By Blue Pearl, the debut yeah. single from the UK dance group, hitting the chart on the 23rd of June 1990. It reached number four in the UK. Actually, reached number two in Austria, which was their their biggest hit. Apparently, it's taken from their debut album Naked. See what they're doing there, and they mm. did actually have five more quote unquote hits. They cracked the top 20 once more, the top 40 with another song, top 20, top 75 or two more, and then in 1998 they had a number 22 hit with naked in the rain 98 oh, i like what they did there yeah yeah they did it again but a bit like sort of three lines 98 oh yes um, yeah. 
but not not as popular i would imagine um proper early rave classic this in it i mean let us know why you picked this one right well this one again it was one of the first ones i thought of when i was making my list this in fact when i make my list this is the first one on my list uh, before i started whittling it down um and like i said before there were other chart dance songs that i had possibilities with that i eventually went no i prefer this to all of those and the reason i don't i can't justify it really but it hit me in the right way at the right time i was 15 when it came out and i had been listening to just pop stuff in the 80s i was listening to the nows the hits albums pop 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 all the way sometimes i would be introduced to something a bit more guitar-y or a bit more uh, started with hip-hop in 89 or whatever but this hit me at the right time to make me think oh dance music can be fun as well but it was also dark enough this kind of brooding uh, sort of overarching feel to it that I was like oh there's something interesting happening here as well and then there's a just there's a breakbeat in the middle where the funky drummer break comes in at like three speed mm-hmm. and it just lifts it up again halfway through and it made it, again this is just one of the ones that I just every time it comes on I hear it like but I want to hear this again I want to put this on twice love it and uh, just I was I was looking you know at my little seven inch chair here thank you very much and I hadn't realised until I was doing a wee bit of research that this was co-written by Youth and I didn't know that and mm-hmm. the remix that was released was re- remixed by Graham Massey of 808 State oh fucking hell wow I didn't, didn't know that. didn't know that at all but yeah, apparently that's that's one of the that's the kind of the team that was there was was the two of them. Amazing. And the singer um, is called Carol Durga McBroom, which is a brilliant name. <laughs> yes, and she went on to be a backing singer for Pink Floyd and Dave Gilmore. No way. Ah. Well, well, well. Wow. Gosh. So there you go. So she's doing all right for herself. But that, but that is that is the thing about this track. If you to me, if you were going to single one thing out, it is one of the the great kind of isolated female soulful house vocals, isn't it? It's up. You know, the other the other big one for me is a ride on time by Black sure. Box. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah. particularly like that. This one has a, a more truth to it to me. But or not true, that fucking what a wanker I am. Um, I've said the, far wankier things than that. Don't worry. Black Box, you know, is is an <laughs> yeah, obvious yeah. sample cut up. This is yeah. obviously her singing, if you know what I mean. Yes. And so it's more yes. of an organic sure. thing. I think her voice is fantastic on it. Brilliant. I mean, for me, I, 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 I really fucking like this. And this was probably, like I say, it's kind of, I consider it an early rave, chart rave kind of classic, just as rave culture. And I guess like this would be sort of as the Hacienda was shut in. I mean, I bought that. I mean, I showed it to Renfrew for, for Renfrew's benefit. But I um, bought that um, uh, Factory Records vinyl box set the other week. And I watched 24 Hour Party People and I've been really like, oh, I kind of wish I was maybe like, seven eight years older so that i could have experienced rave culture properly and not from like just a few tapes that we got second hand or from like you know in my little village in hampshire when i was about 12 years old but um now sort of looking back on it and how that kind of got adopted or you know co-opted more into the mainstream i guess it was stuff like this these kind of like post hacienda acid house songs which at the time i maybe was a bit like well i'm not sure about this but it was a really fucking actually a really cool creative thing that was going on and it got into the mainstream and it got into the charts because it was great because it was genuinely i think good music and this is yeah. wicked and you go back to what renfrey said at the top it's just 
in the same way that Hadaway has such a big central motif, the big tune to it, the chorus on this, every time it comes in, oh, you, you know it instantly. You know, you could you could just have the isolated chorus put over something else and you go, that's, and that's Naked in the Rain. I know it instantly. It's, it's one of those defining ones of the early 90s. Definitely. Um, Renfrey, do you have anything to say about this song? This was an interesting one for me because because it came out in 1990. I would have been five years old, and um, consequently, I didn't. Pathetic, embarrassing, <laughs> <laughs> and I d- <laughs> I didn't really I I didn't remember it. Um, it felt faintly familiar, but I didn't really re- really remember it. Um, Renfrey in 2021, 36 year old Renfrey isn't like Eurodance is not my thing. So I think I needed to have the nostalgia element for me to like this. But I'm certainly not going to go in very hard on this song at all because I have a pick coming up, um, which I think uh, you're all going to go on really hard, really hard on. So <laughs> I won't be too mean to it. But I, I, it, it, it didn't do loads for me. I thought it was a nice tune, but you know there was no sort of nostalgic feelings or anything like that. But it's, it's cool. It's a good example of that thing. Did, did it did it make you feel that you would like like to go dancing naked in the rain? <laughs> I mean, I always like to go dancing naked in the rain. So um, there was no. It sounded like there. you said naked in Lorraine then, and I was like, well, that's, <laughs> I don't know who she is Paul Lorraine. Paul Lorraine. <laughs> On, you 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 say potato. I fuck Lorraine. Dave, um, good memories of this one. Yeah, man, I love this tune, man. I love this tune. This is a this is a an absolute an absolute banger. Um, yeah, it kind of takes me back to being kind of in school still. God, I was in I was just finishing high school when this was out, probably. Well, well, probably like fourth fourth or fifth year coming through. But yeah, I, I you know I, I have big memories of this one. I think I probably take this one off the Radio One chart show and put it on my compilation of songs that I'd stolen. Good. Well, there you go. Naked in the Rain by Blue uh, Pearl was a bit of a sort of surprise choice for me, but I was delighted when I saw it, I have to say. Uh, Renfrey, we're moving on to your pick, and you've gone with Bitch by Meredith Brooks, the debut single from the US singer-songwriter taken from her debut album, Blurring the Edges. It was released on the 20th of May, 1997, peaked at number six on the UK singles chart. She had one more top 40 hit with... I Need, which made number 28, and then another top 50 hit with What Would Happen, which made number 49, all from the album of the same name. Um, this was actually nominated for the best rock song at the Grammys in 1998. It lost to Jacob Dylan, who was nominated twice in that category. So it was Jacob Dylan twice, this, Fiona Apple, and the Dave Matthews Band. That was the fucking Americans. And <laughs> any, anyway, um, <laughs> like, what are they playing at? But, um, Go on, Renfrey. Yeah. Meredith Books. Bridge, the, the sort of Alanis Morissette from Wish.com, right? <laughs> yeah, t- t- tell us about this song for divorcees. <laughs> well, this is the first choice of mine, which I'm a little bit worried about. Um, uh, and I've been studying our guests' faces and they're being very polite at the moment. Uh, feel free not to be. Um, but, uh, yes, Due to Jagged Little Pill, Alanis Morissette, the album that came out when I was 10 years old, let's remember, um, I really (laughs) got into the kind of um, angry, female-led kind of rock, but not quite, maybe a pop rock kind of sensibility thing. A little bit of darkness, a little bit of, (gasps) ooh, she said bitch. Um, You know, that kind of thing. And so I really liked the self-titled Sheryl Crow album as well, mainly because uh, if it makes you happy, what a fucking song. Um, And this one was one that I kind of responded to as well. I actually have to say, 
I kind of went back to this one and didn't think it would be a pick. And then I was listening to the song and I thought, this is actually a really cool sentiment, a really nice sentiment, which is very... Uh, it's just it's just cool that like it's a cool thing to sing about now i think and feels ahead of its time in that sense i think there was a lot of um Mm. uh, it felt like a controversial thing to put out at that time a taboo thing you know um even just just this just the title of the song and i really admire like um she meredith brooks purposefully did all the guitar work on the album including like slide guitar some ebo and some wawa and she said she did that because if i had listed a guy as a guitarist in the liner notes everyone would have thought that he played all the cool stuff so i decided to do it all myself just to prove that i could now i want all those 13 year olds especially the girls who don't have role models to look at me with confidence and say i can do that and go and pick up a guitar when i was growing up I didn't have many female guitarists to look up to. And certainly in the 90s, there wouldn't have been all that many. And I just thought that was a really cool thing and a really cool sentiment. The song itself is a a decent pop rock tune. I will kind of admit, if we're going to sort of... If I'm putting my music critic head on, like, I can't go, this is a phenomenally composed song, you know, the elements of it are so brilliantly put together and all that sort of thing. But I just like it because of the sentiments and the the chorus is fucking catchy. It's a really catchy song, dude. You can't fault it for... I mean, I'd not heard it in X amount of years, whatever, probably two decades. And as soon as I saw it in your list, I can sing that chorus in my head. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. That that is true. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, but we're talking about what sunk being catchy in the middle of a fucking pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, look the, the the problem is like everything that you said there, Winfrey, is a hundred percent right. It's, it's it's worthy sentiment. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad. You know, I'm glad that she she said those things. But it doesn't change the fact that the people that I saw liking this song were your mates, <laughs> mum. You saw your mum's mate who's got a pair of leather trousers and calls herself a rock chick. It was like, this was, I mean, this, this was the, probably the thing that did impress Shania Twain. <laughs> song. I, and, like, and I am, I am friends with your mum as well. So yeah, yeah. I mean, my mum's my, my dead free. Um, she, she's not. I mean, she's not, but, but I'd fucking kill her if she spoke to you. Um, no, no, I'm no. Sorry. No, that is, that is fair. That just, is fair. Um, but no, look, man. I just this this song. It for me, it, it's just like it, it, it's just like every. Uh, I mean, I, and I love women so much, and I love fucking female empowerment, and I love all of those things, right? But this song just it reminds me of every drunk screaming woman on fucking white wine telling you don't fucking deserve me at my best because you haven't handled me at my worst. I find... That fucking woman. You know that woman? I do that know one. that woman. Yeah. Like, uh, shh, shh, that's, shh, that's, that's shh, shush, shush, shush. This is, song is about me. <laughs> shush, everybody, you have to listen. Everybody listen. This song is about... Like, oh, God. Yeah, like this. This is a song that, like, this would like five years. Uh, this, you know, five years later, this song would be replaced by the song that signalled a fucking dipshit. By like, if someone was like, "Oh, this is my favourite song," uh, then five years later it would be, "Oh no, this song's all about me," and it'd be fucking crazy bitch fuck by uh, those yeah. cunts, whatever. Yeah, yeah <laughs> fuck those guys. But um, like this, uh, like I'm I'm being unkind to this because of associations that I've put on top of it, right? 
but this song just makes I, me I can't I can't argue with that though to be honest with you and certainly I mean I named mm. Cheryl Crow and Alanis Morissette there like both of those songwriters are better songwriters than Meredith Brooks I think it's fair to say although of course they're not one hit wonders so but um, uh, yeah I, I mean I, I don't think it's an objectively brilliant song but I but I just like it you know I, I think it's but I get what you're saying. You don't have to, you don't have to justify it, mate. <laughs> no, he does. No, it. I don't want to make you does. feel bad he about your choice. <laughs> that is the entire purpose of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Kind of a. I know, you know, you, no, no, you are right, and you are wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, if nothing else, it's still better than four non-blondes. What's up? Mm, yeah. Ooh, no, it's uh, I'm not sure it no, is. I can't stand that song. Day. Time after oh, no. time, I love it's, that song. It's That's... better than What If God Was One Of Us. That is the song. <laughs> it is better than that, right? I mean, she's no Cheryl Crow. She's no Lance Morissette. She's no Fiona Apple. She's no... No, no Tracy Bonham. Uh, no Tracy Bonham. She's no, yeah, she's no um, Vanessa Carlton. She's no... I mean, we can basically name the entire Lilith Fair lineup yeah. ever. Who, who was it did from, um, yeah. that song, Where Have All The Cowboys Gone? Uh, John, John Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone cool, not Natalie. I'm sure it was someone cool. But I would I would put that I would Nat put King that Cole. into the the same framework. Where have all the cowboys gone? Fucking hell! I don't know. You're you're on your own here, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, literally, literally, you're on your own in an empty car. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I put the video on. I put the video for it on earlier and watched it with the video. And with the video, yeah. I'm actually like, you know what? It's quite a kind of fun technicolored video. Mm which improves the song. I don't want to listen to it on its own, but I don't mind the video. She said, she actually explained the meaning of the song, uh, Meredith Brooks. She says, I'm not an angry young, I'm not an angry young girl or whatever the phrase is at the moment, but I'm human. It's not an excuse ranting and raving, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having a mood. I don't think we need to keep the mask on all the time. So there you go, Dave. There's a little bit of, uh, you let yourself stop sitting on the fence and just let yourself be in a mood for a little bit yeah sorry <laughs> yeah. sorry mate I, I, I've, I've now, now now you've put it all all like that I, I feel like every criticism I've got of the song should, has just gone out <laughs> yeah. the window uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna change my ways uh, become a member of the Meredith Brooks fan club and uh and toss myself off into a linen handkerchief. <laughs> well that does sound like fun to be fair and um, she's actually released another another like five albums after this up until 2007 don't know what she's up to now but um you know good good for her let's move on <laughs> so that's bitch by meredith brooks i guess that's the first kind of uh wild card that we've had a little bit i say wild cards it's fair to say i guess so. controversial pick maybe yeah. Yeah. um this might be controversial possibly as well dave you've gone for three little pigs by green jelly which charted on the 5th of june 1993 peaking at a quite fucking remarkable in the uk number five especially considering it only reached number 17 in its native usa on yeah. the billboard 200 chart it's the first single from the u.s comedy metal band green jelly taken from their second album serial killer um they followed it up here in the uk with a song called i'm the leader of the gang which peaked at number 25 in the uk and featured hulk hogan I mean, when you say a song called I'm the Leader of the Gang, I'm assuming it's the Gary Glitter song, I'm the Leader of the Gang. I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't remember it, I've got to be honest. That would be my guess. That's my guess. Tell you what, you Google that, please. It's because okay. I don't think I'm going to Google <laughs> Gary Glitter on mine. <laughs> 
Yeah. Look, man, I'm not going to lie. This song, um, I, I as as um, as our podcast's resident tool wanker, I kind of had to pick this song because it's got Danny Carey on drums and Maynard Keenan, uh, Maynard James mm-hmm. Keenan as the voice of the pig, um, and for that reason alone, um, it's. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's worthy of inclusion. Basically, it's a terrible fucking song, man. But it makes me smile and it makes me laugh every time that it's Maynard James Keenan doing the voice of the Three Little Pigs, and that is li- <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's it, man. That's kind of that is the the, the sum total of my my version of including it. It, it also marked a, it marked the kind of death in me of the kind of time in my life where I could enjoy something that was as novelty as this right i i remember liking this and i don't think i ever really liked a novelty single again after it because i became too much of a cynical prick so <laughs> I, for that i mean i loved star trekking by the firm does anyone mm. remember star trekking by the, the firm universe. bought that on yeah, seven yeah, yeah. inch single yeah i owned that on seven yeah. inch single rubbish I loved that i mean it, uh, yeah rubbish dog shit awful. right absolutely awful. but Loved it, but there is there is something to be said for being able to enjoy this song. Um, uh, something that I would never be able to do with the Stonk by Hail and Pace. <laughs> I I also had that on seven inch single. Yeah, yeah, I had some bad songs. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, this is probably you've mentioned the thing. It's, oh, by the way, it was a Gary Glitter cover. Yeah. Wicked. Um, so of course, you know, Renfrew and I both huge, huge, huge Tool fans as well. Um, it's that and it's the stop motion animation video which I think is cool um, yeah. if you listen to this without the video yes. have a word with yourself basically yeah. <laughs> what are you doing I, ha- I, ha- I have got this on a couple of compilations um, and I do hear this song to this day I'd like, I'm not, this, isn't, this isn't a full novelty pick for me right? I know this song is bad I know this song mm. I, I put this song on here fully expecting reasonable criticism for which I will present no real defence <laughs> but I at the core of this song it does still make me laugh and I do still quite like it now I, I despise comedy metal songs I hate them everyone knows how I feel about Hellstorm and yeah. all that sh- evil scarecrow and that fucking <laughs> nonsense and I'm going to chuck in Sabaton I know they're not a comedy band but they, they're ridiculous but all that shit as well like, I, I, I don't like it but somehow this has got enough groove on it with the yeah. riff to kind of get away with, even though it's fucking naff. Yeah. I mean, the Ram, it's the Rambo. I think if they took the Rambo bit out, which is why, why, is, why, you, why is Rambo in this? Well, it's the story of the song, isn't it? Rambo comes and destroys the, the, the wolf. Well, I know why, I know that, but why? Drugs. What is um, Drugs. some sort of... Why is, it's because it was part of the uh, the the Rambo Green Jello uh, extended universe years before Marvel <laughs> yeah. thought of it. Yeah, I wondered if that was something to do with it. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, that's what it was. It, that that bit. I was like, I oh, don't do a dumb, a crap Sylvester Stallone impression in the middle of it. It's kind of naff, but it has got a big riff. And like you say, Maynard sounds funny going. Not <laughs> so. It's not good, but it kind of gets away with it just about, I think. Also, they know their shit. You know, they know yeah. this is a ridiculous idea and they're not doing it very well. But that gives them a lot of leeway to to get away with doing a shit song. Because they're like, yeah, we know. It's fine. Just come along for the ride. It's okay. Yeah. This I is see, silly. I see Green Jelly as sort of a less offensive anal cunt, really. I think it's the same kind of attitude that they have. Like, we are shit, but we are shit on purpose. And actually we're so shit that you might actually like it this this is this song is the room 
you know um <laughs> like and the thing is is it is i i, I like you, i don't think you have to defend this at all dave i fucking love this and i am kind of aware that it's terrible um but the tool connection connection really makes it for me and i think also to give green jelly a bit of a pass this album that it was from the, the serial killer soundtrack all the songs had videos made for them and they were meant to be played with the videos and certainly if you play the song with the video it is a very enjoyable five and a half minutes or however long it is without the video it goes on a bit um but, <laughs> yeah, it does fucking go on a yeah bit. yeah but with the video it's actually still really entertaining and i i love all that claymation stuff and um i remember um well, this friend will come up again, but I, I used to go around to a friend's house and um, like for a part, big part of the reason was because he had MTV so I could watch music television uh, and, you know, I didn't have cable and all that kind of thing. And um, whenever this song came up, we fucking loved it because this and uh, actually the Weird Al Yankovic Jurassic Park video as well. He's a claymation uh, Weird Al Yankovic and he's going through a claymation Jurassic Park. We just loved it when these those two songs came on. So I actually have very fond memories of this and I would very happily listen to this unironically. I think it's I really like it. There you go, mate. That's when you a- go next time you go to slag off the fucking Black Dahlia murder or something like that, <laughs> I, you know. I'm bringing this up. <laughs> you know. Right. Oh, no, this is all right, is it? This is all right. Like, new, new at the gates, new Black Dahlia, new kind of... I haven't slagged no, no, off no. at the gates. Oh, no, you didn't slag. No, no you liked I was at very the gates, kind to at the gates. All right. Thank you. Um, yeah. Anyone got anything else to say on this one? Not by the hair of my chinny chin. Okay, good. Um, right, there you go. Green jelly, three little pigs. Um, fine. I have picked I Wish by Skilo the debut single from the rapper that was released on the 27th of March 1995 taken from his debut album of the same name it peaked at number 15 on the UK singles chart Top of the Stairs which reached number 38 was his only other UK hit did do slightly better in the U- in the US peak at number 13 and selling half a million records over there um, this song is fucking awesome it's fucking awesome the video is brilliant little Forrest Gump reference in the video it is a hip-hop song and i particularly picked it to point it out to remfrey who i know remfrey you talk a lot about your problems with hip-hop and gangster rap particularly during the era of gangster rap to have this quite sweet um self-deprecating doubt-filled hip-hop banger i didn't know when i heard this i didn't know about any rap music other than i guess like mc hammer and then super aggressive gangster rap, right? So the idea that there was something that sort of was a bit more of that kind of artsy, more self-deprecating, more kind of um, inward self-analytical things that Skilo was talking about. I remember hearing this and just being like, it's so great, it's so great, and I can properly relate to it. It's not about, you know, stick it, grabbing a load of like crack and then shooting three people. It, it's about like, you know not being able to get with girls i can relate to that mm. this song is fucking awesome surely I, it's awesome everyone i love what i love what he does in terms of like taking that gangster rap thing and sort of turning it on its head a little bit um yeah i think this is a fucking wicked song and i have to confess i'd sort of forgotten that it existed to be totally honest but when i put it back on i was like i am so pleased you brought this in because i i just forgot about this song i probably haven't heard it for maybe 15 20 years and i think it's fucking great um i love it Dave, you're a big hip-hop fan. I'm very interested to know what you think about this. 
Well, the thing is, you know, but by the time this track came out, I was, yeah, I mean, I was a an enormous hip hop head, uh, and I was, you know, kind of deep in, uh, you know, I mean, I've, gangster stuff was never really my thing. Although I've got a lot of love for some of the big things, but I was listening, you know, it was a golden era of hip hop. When by the time this track comes out, you know, the kind of the Roots are doing it, the Wu Tang are doing it, uh, you know, kind of you, you, we're past Native Tongue era, blah 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 blah. But this track was like this was a a big pop hit, which. Uh, still managed to grab me. This was this this was like it didn't feel 100% like it necessarily came from that world of hip hop that I loved. It felt like a more a, more of a pop track, but there was an, enough about it. You know, it was just it was just a great tune. I mean, I, we, you know, this track was at the club every week and always was dancing to this track. Man, I, I you know I love the sentiment of it. I love the video for it. I love. The, just like the overall hook of it you know Skilo's little flow in it is very very nice um, yeah this is a great track I mean there was a there was a drum and bass remix of this track that got played in clubs loads um, called was Concrete name no, Concrete Jungle Remix maybe something along those lines uh, and that's a fucking really really or I mean I, I haven't listened to it in 10 years but that I remember that being a really really good remix of it but yeah man absolutely I lo love this track love this track I put this in with um track that I put this in with as well is you remember Lucas with the lid off do you remember that track nope no oh, I okay, do not well, there we go uh, yeah notable because it's got a video by Spike Jones but anyway cool carry on. nice all right cool okay but yeah love this track basically is what I'm trying to say mm. awesome Krista yeah man, uh, I very very nearly had this in my list as well because um, mm. it's an absolute stone cold hip-hop classic and I I love loads of hip hop and I love lots of different types of stuff, but I always just come back to: Does this make me want to get up and dance in a club? Those are the big ones for me. And at the time this was out, it seemed like there was a new one every week, just a new classic one coming through. And this one, it would, it, it has such a catchy hook to it. You know that main sample is so catchy and so bouncy and so summery and everything about it. It is sublime. Every bit of this works brilliantly. It blew me away whenever I first heard it. And it I still think it's one of the ones today. Maybe it's because he never did anything else, really, and you never got bored of him, or he never let himself down, or any of these things. It still stands up today as an absolute Stone Cold classic of the time, of you know the 90s, that translates into, I will play this at a club nowadays. Wonderful song. Absolutely wonderful song. Yeah, it's fucking fantastic. And he didn't really do much after that. To the point where I remember when Niles Barkley came out and CeeLo Green came along. And I was like, Skilo Green. And I, for a minute, I was like, is it Skilo? Oh, it's Skilo. Uh, and I was right. like, oh, no. And for a second, I was like, is he back? Because, you know, you had, you had six years for him following up that debut album. And by that point, it's 2001. And, you know, and then he had another 11 years. So he's only done three albums. He's done three albums in between 1995 and mm. 2011 and it's like come on mate like there's step you, it yeah you, you, you had well i mean and it's because it's such a great song and obviously like he didn't do much after that but at the same time you just think there must be more in the well of inspiration for this guy than him for to have just have, for him to to, to the, the paucity of the amount of stuff that he released yeah. is I mad, do. and the big gap between I mean, I mean CeeLo Green himself though was from like another kind of vaguely mm. obscure depending not I mean, depending on your background vaguely obscure hip hop crew because he was in Goody Mob if you've ever seen um, the, the, the the Ben Stiller comedy Mystery Men oh god um, I have I saw that yeah. cinema 
Yeah, man. Well, there's a, there's a kind of uh, like a villainous rap group in that called the Not So Goody yeah, Mob. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and that is Goody Mob and CeeLo Green is in that movie. Ah, so there you no go. Way. Pop facts. That's cool. Yeah. Didn't know that. Did not know that. But yeah, fucking love this song, man. It's so good. Yeah, and it's brilliant. like summery, beautifully. Just they're like, you know, it, it was one of those ones because I like, I, I was probably, you know, like probably sort of the British, a lot of them, we'll talk about Nana Cherry in a little bit probably, but like a lot of the sort of British attempts at hip hop and I had like Tone Loke Funky Cold Medina when I was about eight mm. that I bought on seven inch single and then I started getting more into guitar music and then suddenly you go oh shit this thing is happening in hip hop where it's like it's quite violent and quite difficult to get you and I don't really know that I completely relate to a lot of this stuff as a you know 13 year old kid living in a tiny village in Hampshire I'm not really sure that I understand exactly what Ice-T is going through but this was something that I heard and I was like oh fucking beauty i get it i totally get it and that probably was one of the songs that made me go i really should get back listening to hip-hop because i liked that when i was eight i thought you were gonna say then like that's what made me think i should get taller <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean obviously i'm quite tall so it didn't matter so, like, I was, you know i was like well i probably the other thing that was good about it is i used to now i don't know if i should say this because it's gonna make me sound quite like quite a horrible person but that's fine um there's a kid at my school called Robert Tyler and everyone uh, said he had a small penis and I don't know if he did or if he didn't I don't. I think it's just something the kids say I like the way you've named him entirely by the way he didn't <laughs> yeah, just go has, oh there's a kid uh, at my school no 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 Robert Tyler but we used to go I wish I was a little dick Tyler I wish I was a, and that became <laughs> a thing so I had to use that's why I had to use his name oh Jesus nice. Christ oh, yeah. but yeah Paul I hope he's listening. He's, he's all right. He's all right. He's not listening. He's not listening. He's all right. I saw him the other day. He's fine. If anyone's been affected by bullying, you can call 0800. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, is it it's true? It's just banter. Is what, it a small tr- penis? Uh, no, 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 no. Is it true? So I read somewhere, and it was one of those facts that I was like, I don't know whether this is just someone like having a wind-up or not, but is it true that the term baller came from this song? I think I got this from Song Facts, so I'll just read this out. It says, The term baller came into rap lyric vogue, and the term was used to represent a successful young man who liked to flaunt his wealth, often an athlete or entertainer. In this song, when Skilo raps, I wish I was a baller, he apparently means an actual basketball player, as elsewhere the lyrics refer to somebody being tall and he plays ball, and to Skilo lamenting when it comes to playing basketball, I'm always last to be picked. Um, if that is true, that's pretty fascinating because baller yeah. is pretty much part of the lexicon these days. Um, yes. But yeah, if that is mm. true, yeah. I, I, I'm just trying. I'm trying to think if I can think of an earlier example mm. of it. it I can't don't know. off the top of my head. I mean, yeah, same here. I would be surprised if that were true because I would have assumed it was the sort of thing that I would have heard before. Yeah, but I can't prove otherwise right now. I, I, I raised an eyebrow at it, but I thought it was worth bringing up. Um, if anyone listening um, can think of an earlier example, please. Anything tweet in that us. Space Jam song? Uh, what, from the film? Yeah, the, the... Space Jam. Space that was after. Jam. That's after. Space oh, was Jam it? was after this. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Are you thinking of Hit 'em High? Hit 'em High. Hit 'em High. Hit 'em High. Hit 'em High. I don't yeah, know them. Some good rappers on that track. Um, no, sorry, my cat's about to start annoying us. Oh. Hello, Thunderlips. How you doing, mate? That's all right. What a cute cat. Um, right. My cat walked past and then fucked off again. She's just <laughs> not very sociable. Anyway, 
Um, just another example of why your podcast is better than ours, Chad. <laughs> Friendly or sociable. Literally, one of my cats, all my cats are quite old now, and one of my cats just shits wherever she likes, quite yeah. often in the middle of the room whilst I'm recording a podcast. So I wouldn't say that my cat's are better than yours. <laughs> yeah, you might okay. have one up on us there. Yeah, fair enough. We don't. Um, let's move on. Hey, come on. Bonjour, shits. Bonjour makes a habit yeah, of shitting five Bonjour minutes after shit. we pressed record. She it's shits. Ridiculous. Of course she shits. Everyone shits, Red <laughs> Even you shit. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you having a shit. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Pathetic. 